share with you from the scripture just um, a few Bible verses and then we will um, have a short time of prayer and then take it from there. Please turn with me to John chapter 12, verse 32. John 12, verse 32. Now, now, there is a sequence of events that happened from this John chapter 12, and I will try and trace it for you, and um, hopefully we can share from there. When, when I was praying, I said, Lord, what do you want to share? We, I remember a year passed, the usual thing is that we share a theme around Easter, um, and, and that's okay, but usually, you know, it does not necessarily mean that's the word the Lord has for us. But he gave me a different word, and then, you know, he, he, he filled it up for us. So please look at the sequence of events that I will trace here, and hopefully you and I, we will see ourselves as the Lord wants us to see ourselves in the picture. The Lord Jesus Christ, before he died, he was speaking to his disciples, and in this particular place, he said this thing. He said, and if and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Amen. And so the following verse explained that, and he said, this he said, signifying by what death he will die. And you know, during the, um, was that the testimony? And I think one of the statements I had was, if he said he will rise on the third day and he did not rise, what will have happened? Now they came up and showed us the drama of how they did everything to prove that he did not rise. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all peoples unto myself. Now, that actually is not the end of the story. Now, we're going to read a fairly long passage because many a times we make the old story about him suffering, about him dying, about him rising, and that is not the end of the story. In actual fact, that is not the purpose of the story. The purpose of the story is found in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, I think, through to verse 23. Actually, start from verse 15, and we'll look at it together on the screen. If you have your Bible, that's fine and good. But let's look at that story together. The apostle Paul, and I'm talking of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. The apostle Paul was telling us actually what the end of the story is here. Quickly turn to that place for me. He said, therefore, I also, that was apostle Paul talking, After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. So, you got a good background. You believe in Jesus. All well and good. Verse 16, please. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What was the prayer I was praying for them? Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Stop there. You believe in Jesus. Your heart is okay with him. But I'm praying one prayer for you, that you need to know something that you don't seem to know. And I read that again, that the God of this Jesus whom you believe, who is the Father of glory, that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom, that is, you will know what to do, and revelation, that you will know what you need to know so that you can do what you need to do in the knowledge of him. All wrapped together, verse 18. What was he saying? Verse 18, please. That the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, previous verse, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, why you are saved. Listen carefully. 18, I'm still on 18. I was only referring to 17. Thank you. 
That what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Keep going on verse 19. I can spend all day there explaining that. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Verse 20. It's getting more interesting. Which he world in Christ ah, when he raised him from the dead and that's where it is going seated him where at his right hand in the verse 21 please far above everybody say far above oh i think i've got more than 10 people here far above Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Hallelujah. And he put all things, everybody say all things, under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. That is the end of the story. He suffered, he died, he rose, he got into the heavenly places, and he's sitting down there, far above everything that may want to torment you and I. And also, that is not the complete end of the story. Ephesians chapter 2. Because if he's sitting there, and there's nothing more to read, we're not going very far. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, please, if you may. You've been doing very well upstairs. God bless you. So there's a long story behind that, but this is one that concerns you. And raise us up together, and made us sit Together, uh huh, in the heavenly places in Christ. So, where are you seated? That's why you are seated. And so, if you want to title that, you can tell you destined for the top, you can title it fit for a king, you can title it seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Now, let me go to another verse of the Bible, and I quickly use that to link up with the main message for the day. Now, Ephesians, sorry, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. As I said, I just want the scripture to speak to you. I know the presence of the Lord is I know his hand is upon every one of us. And you will not live here the same today. I'm confident about that. I, I know you're under a cloud, the cloud of the glory of God. So please be sensitive, be open, because God will be doing things just as we seated there. Ah, I think we should read this one together. One to go. So that I can make more sense to you. I read it to you. And I say, but you are a chosen generation. All of you, you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people. And for the purpose that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his I think one of the other versions puts it, I think it's the NLT or one of them. It says, but you are a special race. And, you know, I, I, that, that got me thinking yesterday. It just got me thinking. It said, a special race. So, actually, in the division of God, he has a different division for races. You know, you talk of whatever, you know, the commonest maybe... Um, 
the brown race, the, 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 the usually they say black, white, or yellow, or whatever you say, African, European stock, or the Asian, or whatever. Or you can break into smaller groups like that. But, but God said that's not a division. The real division is not between tribes and nationalities. The real division is between what? Darkness and light. And you are in the race of light. And there are things that are peculiar to the race of light. Now, the man that mentioned this to us, Peter, he was a late convert unto this division of races. You remember? In Acts chapter 10, he did not believe that that is the way we should be divided. He believed that we should be divided as Jews and non-Jews or Gentiles. In actual fact, he went on far into Galatians chapter 2 when Peter had Paul had to actually caution him and say, you, you are, you, are, you are a minister. Why are you being you know, hypocritical about one of the versions says? The man was a very late convert. So if you're going to listen to somebody, it's the man to listen to. That the real division is not how we divide peoples. It is according to this verse. And I just challenge you once again. Still getting stuck a little bit on that so that you can take this very, very seriously because the witness matters in the case, in the court. You agree with me? Lawyers, the witness matter. Am I right? Even if you don't say yes, I know. The witnesses matter. There are reliable witnesses. There are unreliable witnesses. There are tainted witnesses. There are clean witnesses. But this man is a good witness. Because for every case, there are three types of adopters of anything that happen. I throw that one in. Number one, there are those that we call earlier adopters. That is, a new thing is happening. You don't need to preach long to them. They adopt it. There are those that are called the late adopters. There are those that are called the non-adopters. They will never adopt it. Peter was a late adopter. And usually, late adopters, they subjected it into clear court scrutiny before they throw in their, their, their case behind it. And he is saying, you are a chosen generation. The man is saying there's a special race called the race of the people of God. And that's what Jesus Christ bought for us when he died and rose from the dead. Now, every people group, they are divided by a few things. They are divided by a few things, but only one of them we shall look into today. Number one, they are divided by their appearance. You know, they are divided by their appearance. Okay? So, you see somebody of one continent, they look different from appearance, they just been in skin color, in some features, they look different from the others. They also, the people di- differ in speech, language, and they finally differ in culture. I don't think there's anything outside that. Those are the things that divide people, really. Now, a child of God, whether you like it or not, our race, we look different spiritually. Uh, I know we, we should look different in our dressing or whatever, but that is a small part of it. Because actually, wolves can drape in sheep clothing. Uh, so uh, it's not likely that a, a, a sheep should now dress in wolf clothing. So, but definitely people can infiltrate. But that's not what I'm talking about. Spiritually, we look different. Um, you must learn that, that when you walk around, you carry a glow, if you are abiding in Christ. In actual fact, I was scrutinizing that your son, because I was worried that it might not be theologically correct, but it was. It was very theologically correct, because you said the battle is over. I was wondering, was the battle over? Oh, but fantastic son. Then you came and I said, yeah, it was over. It's our fault. If there's still, yes, because it's right inside the battle is going on. But you may not need to worry about that battle. The only reason you don't need to worry, you know why? If you abide in Christ. And that, that's the topic for another day. Language, we differ. The people of this, our race, they speak the language of faith. They speak the language of faith. 
Number three, which is what we're going to talk about today, we differ in culture. Our culture is the culture of winners and overcomers. We have a culture of winners and overcomers. And so, if they are going to manifest this culture, as I said, hopefully another day, another time, we'll find time to look at these other two. But let's look at our culture. The cultural traits and identity of the people of this, our race, the race of light, people of light, is that God is the center of their lives. God is the center of their lives. In Psalm 18, verse 31 to 33. Psalm 18, 31 to 33. Let's look at the scripture quickly together. Psalm 18. For who is God except the Lord? Amen. And who is a rock except our God? It is God. Ah, you are moving too fast, sir. Let, let's read 31 again. For who is God except the Lord? Amen. And who is a rock except our God? We do a short Bible study here. Okay. First one, who is God except the and who is a rock except verse, the next verse now. Thank you. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Now, there are three levels of relationship there. Can you pick them? There was God who was the God. There was our and there is my God. It is my God who arms me with strength. The personalized God. And so that strikes at the heart of it. That whoever will, the, the common cultural trait unto us is that God is the center of our lives. If you read your open heavens yesterday, very nice example was given there. You know, that Gio was saying that, you know, one of his sons mentioned unto him that if God was taken away from his life, his life will remain carcass. The older man smiled. He said, you are still okay. He said, if God is removed from my life, there will be nothing left. <laughs> That's very succinct. Even there's still a carcass, there's still a lot. He said, take God away from me, I will just evaporate. That means, I want to get to that point in which my identity is completely lost in God. And since God cannot vanish, I should not be able to vanish. God must be the center of your life. Number two, very quickly. They never lose sight of the talk. That's part of a cultural trait. You know, cultures, there are people where, there are people, there are where people do things. And, you know, cultures can be very sensitive issue because people try to guide their culture. That's the way we do things. That's the way we talk. That's the way we dress. That's the way we eat. But, you know, in this particular one, I'm looking beyond the physical now. We're looking deep into the things of God. So, if I'm talking about culture, please know the importance of where I'm going this way. Okay? They never lose sight of the top. They never lose sight of the top. That is the way we do things in the kingdom of light. Our eyes are always looking up to the next level. And so don't let anybody foist over you another culture that's not the kingdom culture. Look down. It does not matter. You don't need to be too expectant. You don't, it's not humility to look down. Look up. You are going somewhere. Let me tell you this. Where is the best place to stand? You have a mountain in front of you. I have a mountain in front of you. There are three places, roughly speaking, that you can stand or you can be relative to that mountain. You can be at the foot of the mountain. You can be in between the foot and the top of the mountain. Or you can be on top of the mountain. Which are the easiest places to stand? No, not necessarily. The foot and the... No, it's not the, the, the middle. Thank God I'm asking you this. Maybe... 
Have, do you climb mountains at all? No wonder. We've talked about mountains before, haven't you? Oh, God help us. The hardest place to start, especially if it's a very steep mountain, is in between. You're not up, you're not down. It's easy to start at the foot of a mountain. You can gaze at the top, you can just enjoy the scenery. And the best place to be and relax is also on top of the mountain. A few mountains around Wesley have climbed. I've mentioned that to you before. It is glorious. A lot of telephone masts and things were there. You, I, I can stay there all day. It seems actually summer and the body is getting worse. I'm talking of 10 years ago. Good summer. We, sorry for another day. On top of the mountain, folks, is the place to be. You have a better sight. It is less stressed. It is less of a pressure. Please, don't stop in between. Are you hearing me? And one of the points I will mention very soon is that life is so much pressured in our time that there's a tendency to say, well, I can't go more than this. It is, I'm already, I'm already tired. I can't, what else do you want? Please, go all the way to the top. It's rather, it's actually, it's better not to waste your energy trying to stay in the middle. Use that energy you are wasting in the middle. Harness that energy and climb up because rest is soon there for you. Is somebody there with me? Is somebody there with me? Is the kingdom culture that you've gone for the talk? Number three, very quickly because of our time. Those that are in this place that is called, uh, that, that, those, those with the cultural uh, that are in the race of light, one of their cultural traits, again, is that they know they cannot succeed alone. Amen. They know they cannot succeed alone. First Samuel 22, 1-4, that was the story of the man David who encouraged, who encouraged his, um, you know, the people that were coming unto him and he turned them into a mighty army. Let's read Luke 22, verses 1-4. to Luke 22, 1-4. And I just show you, sorry, 1 Samuel 22, I mean, 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 to 4. I'm so conscious of time because we have another meeting after this. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's houses had it, they went down there to him. Amen? Verse 2. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. Amen? So that was him there. Now, David, people ran to David for help. But David also sought help. Then David went from there to Mizpah of Moab, and he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and my mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. Brethren, please, I beg of you in the name of the Lord, make sure you have a very solid network of helpers around you and learn to ask for help. It is a sign that you are not part of the kingdom if you are alone. Woe unto him who is alone. Your master was not alone. It's not his culture. In Mark chapter 3, the Bible says, starting from verse 15. Mark chapter 3, starting from verse 15. Mark chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible says, start from the previous verse, please. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses. Jesus was not a low ranger. Don't be a low ranger. Find a group of people you're going to network with. Find a group of people you're going to work with. 
And as you choose, the Lord will help you to choose wisely in Jesus' name. Number four, the love winning. The love, it is a great ability to extract success from inside of defeat. The love winning. How do I know a person who loves winning? When you lose, you don't take it nicely. You go back to God and find out. That's what happened to them in Joshua chapter 7. They went to the battle of Ai. They lost the battle. They just didn't say, well, Kisera, Sera, whatever it will be, will be. That's it. That's it. That's not lie. Why did I lose? In Matthew chapter 17, they couldn't cast out a, demon, a, a, a devil. And they, decided, they went back to the Lord. They said, Lord, 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 you've been doing this thing. Why did we lose? You must learn to love winning. Asking God questions is not questioning God. Learn to ask God questions. Lord, why, 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 why am I going through this? Lord, I'm not questioning you. I just want to know so that I can correct things. Lord, what is going on? Ask him nicely, we'll tell you. Lord, why have I prayed and fasted this long? I, it's, it's, not, it's not part of the culture of this kingdom. We, we don't lose in this place. Why are things not moving? And if we will be sincere with him, he will reveal unto us. And he will help us to come out of whatever narrow place we are in Jesus' name. Finally, number five, they know they are special. They know they are special. It bothers me how sometimes we just think we are ordinary. You are not ordinary. You are special. You've been bought with a price. And the way we comport ourselves, the way we carry ourselves, we show that we are special. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 20, he mentioned there that we should keep our body. He said, for ye were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Not only will you preserve your own self, but also you will stand for Jesus because you have been bought with a price. That's why in Acts chapter 3, they were able to say, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, that sounds arrogant, but it's not arrogant. They know who they were. You know, many of us, we say, you know, oh, I don't have money. I don't have money here, but I'm special. And I've mentioned that to you before. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II doesn't carry wallet around. But that does not mean she doesn't have power. Oh, yeah, 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 she doesn't. Um, and I think, yeah, you should carry wallet, amen, you will need it. But we should get to a point in which you look around your shoulder and I say, Lord, I have this need, meet it now. And I think that's more of the kingdom. It's good to have good savings, and I correct that. But I pray that God will put you in such a place in which Whatever it will bring your way will be bigger than your saving, but it will supply it. Yeah. Do you know those who, whom God used mightily? God always tried them beyond their savings. And I can't stop giving a, a life example of a man God has blessed the generation with. And, and unashamedly, I mentioned that. Pastor Hia Adeboe, unashamedly, is a one of a kind in this generation. Don't wait until he died before you know the uniqueness of this guy. A book has been written about him by the special grace of God. Oh, I shouldn't give you the heads up about that. No, I'm contributing to the chapter there by the grace of God. And, and, and believe you me, it's, it's a man I've studied. I've studied great men of God before. Let me give you an example I want to tell you about this man that blew my mind. And that's, that's the example. Concerning financial resources, God pours a lot onto him. But he will always get himself to a place in which he would need more than he has. That's faith. That's not me. Me, and that's not kingdom. I'm not working the kingdom mentality. I, most of you are not. 
I want us to move to the kingdom mentality. Kingdom mentality is that as long as all you have can meet all you have, then you are not stretching God. And God cannot be stretched. I mean, if he's done billion pounds project, he will, he, multi-million pounds project, he's now looking for a billion pound project, which is drained. Drained himself. Know that God will supply the result. He said, my God is a big God. Oh, oh I have such a heart. Oh, I have such a mind of Jesus. God has the mind of Jesus. He could have just settled for, let them go home and find their own food. Jesus stretched himself. He said, today, with two fishes and five loaves, we're going to feed 5,000 men. Women and children counted possibly 15,000. That's the kind of God I serve. You are special. Are you going to give him a major challenge now? Are you going to look beyond the rent that is not paid? Are you going to look beyond the electricity that is not paid? Are you going to know that you are special? That this one is only temporary? Because if all my prayers are, Lord, get this bill paid, then I'm not started. It's, Lord, I am not shouldn't be struggling with this one. I should be doing projects for you. I should be adopting half of India. I said, I'm going to take it as a missionary field. But to some of us, we're just, we're just, we're just too ordinary, including me. I want to stop being ordinary. I'm bigger than Aberdeen. I'm not pride. I'm not, I'm not going to pride. It's Jesus in me. Because give or take, how old am I now? Another one and a half or two years, I'll be 60. Give me another 30 years plus. I will live here. 30 years is a very short time. I will want to live here. I beg God. After that, just let me go. This world is not my own. Sincerely. I don't know why people just want to hang around. He said, he died age 114. What? In this place? <laughs> I must be joking. When heaven is so glorious. When we were worshiping today, the presence of God was heavy. When we were worshiping today. Oh, if not that I've not finished my assignment. I was seeing things. Don't be afraid. I was seeing things. I was seeing things. There's glory in this. That's why I, I said this in person. There's glory here today. Don't let it pass you by. And when you have a taste of it, you just want to live here, this body. No matter where you keep it, the joints will, will, will creak at a time. Sleep will not come. Or sleep will be too long. You need to watch your calories. You never you don't have to. You must exercise. Why? You've eaten, why should you exercise? Just eat and sit down. Just worry about all those nonsense. One day we shall see Jesus. The kingdom mentality, my brothers and sisters, is that we have such a short time here. Please let it count. And that is where I will close on. Are you there with me? Let it what? Look beyond just surviving. God is looking for those that will challenge him. And say, Lord, you know what? We don't even know where the grocery money is coming for this week. But that is not what you created me for. I said, we push that on one side. I said, look, you take care of that. But you know, Lord, there's a project outside there. There's a glory that must be made so, known somewhere. There are idolaters that are looking for a way out. Lord, I want to adopt them and bring your glory unto them. And then God will know, yes, you are a serious person. And then God will release all the resources you need to you. And of course, he will take care of you. After he has promised that when you seek for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what will happen? All these things shall be added unto you. So this afternoon, I'm asking you, beloved, standing on the fact that the Lord has risen, he's seated in the heavenly places right now, 
and you are seated in the, or at least supposed to be seated there with him. Conclusion, operate from there. Amen? And finally and finally, please stop thinking small. And I'm not preaching motivational speech, I'm preaching Bible. Stop thinking. The apostles never thought small. If Paul were to think little, Thomas went to India, was the first apostle there. Bartholomew went to to Greek island. You know, all of them, they went everywhere like that. They did mighty things for God. And it's about time, and it's not just about preaching the gospel. You You can make an impression in your generation. And it's for you to make up your mind and say, I'm a child of the kingdom. I'm destined for the top. I'm not going to stop in the middle. The last person that is in this room, still thinking of just surviving, may the Lord convert your heart now. Look beyond that. You are made greater than that. It might not look it, but those that are in the spiritual realm, they know you are bigger than that. They know it. They know it was sharing on Friday that the greatest challenge we have as believers is that we don't even know how much glory we carry. We don't. Most of the time, it's the unbelievers that see it. And I've got plenty of examples in the Bible. It was Nebuchadnezzar that saw the fourth person. The others didn't see. It, it was, um, you know, who, who, it was uh, the, fish, the magicians of Pharaoh that knew it was the finger of God. They did the first miracle, um, magic, the first miracle, they countered it with magic. Second one, countered the third one. Ah, the lies could do, they couldn't call down lies. And they said, this must be the finger of God. We didn't hear, well, maybe they said it, but we didn't hear it from the Israel. I said, this is the finger of God. Jacob, Israel himself, he was in a place in Genesis 28. He did not know, it went, ah, God decided, I did not know it. It's very common that we carry a glory that we don't even know. You are more than you are. Will you please carry yourself like that from now on? Because Jesus has resurrected from the dead and you are sitting in heavenly places with him. You need to believe before you see it. Because many of you, I'm hearing you again, you are saying, more than I am, if you know where I am. You know, I I needed to believe that I'm the pastor before I came to preach here today. Oh, you don't don't believe it? I, I... it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a conscious. But if I don't believe that I have something to deliver, I will be quaking on that seat. I believe that as, mo- as soon as I open my mouth, even though the notes were prepared, the prayers have been prayed, that I will not get stuck. Okay, why did you go to work on Monday? You believe because you're going to deliver there. I believe. Why are you still applying anyway? You believe something will happen. So every step we take, there's a degree of faith and confidence in it already. So I'm now asking you, don't wait until you see changes in your situation before you believe that you are more than who you are. Oh, that the Spirit of the Lord will open every heart right now. I was going to ask you to pray a lot of prayer. But since I believe God that I'm the pastor before I came, I believe God as well that as we pray this prayer, God, something will happen. Will you rise on your feet with me? Please put Acts chapter, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1 on the screen. And let's start from verse 17. We'll pray that. And then, first of all, if you don't know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, that's a good opportunity for you to yield your heart unto him this morning. 
and he will pour his spirit upon you so that you can sit in heavenly places with him like each and every one of us. Can I hear your amen unto that one? So please hand yourself over unto him, give him your hand, and he will take you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Next one, please. And if you can squeeze two verses on the same screen, that would be wonderful. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his glory, what are the riches of the glory. Lord, open my eyes. Uh, because I was going to preach, but what I'm having in my heart is that we still have our eyes to open. To see this thing I'm telling you. Open our eyes, oh God. Just want to lift up that you will see. I need to see more. I use myself as an example. We're not daring enough because we don't know who we are. Because we're not operating from the place where our culture, the culture of the children of light, expect us to operate from. We're not functioning from that place where we expect her to function from. So it is time for you to say, Lord, open my eyes. I don't know anyone who has seen it completely. I have not. And so cry unto me and say, Lord, open my eyes, oh God. Let me know that I'm seated in heavenly places with you, that I will take on challenges, I will, I will step out in confidence and in boldness and in authority. I will know that I'm a special person. I believe somebody in this house is praying. Now, you, you don't believe it, but you are praying that God will help you to believe it. I know you are struggling to see that, that you, don't know, you don't know how messed up I am. Maybe you are neck deep in sin. No, no, no. The Lord is saying, once I redeemed you, I will bring you out again. Maybe you are feeling so down and now and, and you are just saying, well, I'm not even sure what I'm holding on to anymore. The Lord is saying, my hand shall rest upon you today and I will pluck you out and I will make you to be who you are. Oh, I am special. I, I just say that back unto yourself that you are special. You are seated in heavenly places and that as you are asking for more revelation, the Lord will grant unto you more revelation. You will know him more. You will understand what is the hope of the calling. Why he has died and risen again and is seated. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't let it be wasted on you. Don't let it be wasted. Don't let it be wasted. Let it be something that it will be glad in your heart. What is the truth? The truth is that Jesus has come to reconcile the people and made them to sit in heavenly places with him. And when we abide in him, that's why I say I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When we abide in him, we are sure of victory all the time. If somebody say, Lord, open my eyes, touch my heart, make me, Lord, to understand the extent of your call upon my life. Oh, that's our heart cry this afternoon, oh God. And I'm confident, I believe with all my heart, that the Lord will perform it. The Lord will do it, and his name shall be glorified in your life. Begin to bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. The Lord is here. And I just want to seize the opportunity so that every one of us may be blessed. So, you will ask for one thing that is very pressing unto you. It's going to be a heart-to-heart talk with him. Just for another 30 seconds or thereabouts. So that's the length of time you have. So make it short. Make it direct. Ask the Lord directly. He's here. He's hearing you. And he will meet that thing. Challenge him. Many years back I was in a meeting like that. The man of God was preaching, was preaching from the book of Mark, eleven twenty-three. 
and I prayed just as you have been asked to pray that the Lord will accelerate. I was looking for a job at that time. The job should have taken three months. I said, Lord, do it quick. That week, I got the letter. It's still the same God. He just reminded me of that now. Ask him. It might be about your health. It might be about your marital situation. It might be about your final. Above all, it might be about your spiritual well-being. Have another 30 seconds to please articulate your prayer or pour your hearts onto him. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you. We place our hands into your hand this afternoon. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Make us not only to sit in heavenly places with you, but to operate from there. Let there be signs and evidence beginning from this week. He said that we are special people so that we can show who you are to the rest of the world. And so that overriding reason we put into play again. Do it big. Do it quick, oh God. And we shall testify of who you are to the rest of the world. We thank you, Rock of Ages. We worship and adore you. There's no one like you. You are the Lord, our rock, our strong tower. You are risen and you live forever. So you shall all honor and all glory and all adoration be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Be seated. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. God bless you. May be seated.